What's going on, everybody? You've got the cardboard coaches here with your boy, Coach Go. And this is the cartel, and the cartel may or may not be distracted slightly by some overtime hockey. Possibly. Maybe. Um, and it's been a while since we've had meaningful hockey, it seems. Honestly, there were no fights for last playoff spots. I feel like the teams that were in the playoffs were in the playoffs at the very beginning. You know, it's uh, it was like a end-to-end and not in the traditional hockey sense where, you know, it's pretty close. It was more so like end-to-end, like a, like a horse race almost, you know? Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, at the, by the end there, they were just jockeying for position in terms of the first round. Yeah. Uh, and it will be interesting to see what happens when they bust out from their divisions, right, and start playing some hockey with guys they haven't seen in a while. But nonetheless, uh, there are some really great feuds that built up over the season in the specific divisions, and, and we're seeing them play out right now. I think, you know, we're going to see some really interesting series, man. Like the Panthers and the Lightning has got me going. Uh, the Leafs and the Habs is a traditional feud, although we will see the Leafs absolutely massacre these uh, Les Habitants. And, uh, you know, who doesn't want to see Boston, Washington? There's some great, there's some great stuff there. Uh, there's some stuff for hockey fans to look forward to. And uh, we will see how that affects the hashtag market, right, Brendan? How is it going to affect the hashtag market? Well, um, I'm looking through these right now, the uh, playoff picture. And honestly, there's not a single, in my mind, easy call. There might be two. Uh, three max. Well, um, with respect, let's make, pardon? Let's, make some, let's make some picks while we're at let's it. Do it. Let's while, do while it. A look, let's make some picks. Yeah, yeah. So, Panthers, Lightning. Uh, I'm gonna go Lightning. And um, it makes sense that you would. Yeah. And um, I'm gonna go I'll, Lightning. I'll let you go through yours. And I'm gonna go Lightning because I mean they won a Stanley Cup last year. They're arguably the best team in the league. Um, and they're getting Stamkos and Kucherov back for game one, man. And I think that's going to be huge for card prices. I think it's going to be huge for the lightning. It also speaks volumes that they were able to come in, you know, third place overall or whatever it was, uh, despite losing those guys to injuries. I lied. They did not come third place overall. They came eighth. So they're, they're kind of outside of what they typically were. And I think, uh, I mean, they're actually going into the series as an underdog, which, I kind of like them there. Uh, Montreal, Toronto, honestly, if the Leafs don't win against the Montreal Canadiens, I I might burn everything I have Leafs related. And I, I mean, I really hope it doesn't happen. Um, and I probably would never do that. But uh, Can that's the city just, of Toronto withstand something like that given the situation i don't i just don't i just don't think we as fans can withstand this it's really the only hope we've got man i heard a stat today that uh, the last time a leafs played a team with such a poor winning percentage was 1996 against the st louis blues where we both had – we finished the season with 80 points apiece. Those and were a we, couple of dismal teams, by the and way. And we lost 4-2 um, then. So, I mean, we've never had a better opportunity to make, make it past the first round. The point differential between these two clubs is – I mean, I think it's like 20 points. You know what I mean? Well, like The Leafs have never had a better opportunity to give all their fans a brain aneurysm. That's also true. Edmonton Oilers, Winnipeg Jets. I think that the Jets are built for playoffs. Um, but, I mean, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, you know what I mean? So it's going to be a tough one as well. Uh, I'm going to go Oilers. Um, I just think that McDavid is hungry. I think that if he doesn't make it past the first round, he's going to be pissed again, you know? Um, and he hasn't been in the playoffs in a few seasons. I think he's – He's ready. Colorado, St. Louis. I'm going Colorado because uh, I've, I've, I mean, they look pretty damn solid. I think that they might go cup. Um, Vegas wild. I think this is one of the ones where my head says this is really easy. Uh, but 
looking a little bit deeper into this series and this could be some pretty cool a good play for people looking for an underdog team with underdog players um i'm going vegas however during the regular season the vegas golden knights were like one one and five or something or one five and one against the minnesota wild so wild the worst team they could have played in the first round is the Minnesota Wild. I really like guys on the team like Jordan Greenway. I mean, not necessarily for the card, but uh, Joel Erickson Eck, I think, is a great underrated buy. Um, and if he's got a few good games in him and they manage to upset, look, Cappy, is, he has a supplementary cast, right? Um, I, I mean, obviously, Kaprizov might go skyrocket if, if they beat the Vegas Golden Knights in the first round, but that's hockey for you. Yeah. Pittsburgh Islanders. I'm going to go Islanders because uh, Barry Trotz is a vet and there's no Malkin for Pittsburgh. Uh, Washington, Boston. I'm going to go Washington, not only because I hate the Boston Bruins, um, but because I think Washington's tried and tested. And I think Boston's had to deal with a lot of injuries this year. They're just a little, they look a little different than they normally do. Um, Although Washington does have Craig Anderson in that, which kind of scares me. Uh, and then we've got Carolina and, and the Panthers. And I think this is another one of those ones where I said two or three easy ones. I'm going to have to go Carolina here. It's about time they make some noise. I mean, they did go pretty deep. I don't know if it was last season or two seasons ago, but uh, they're definitely going to look to build on that this season. All right, so I'm going to get into my picks, and then I'll also you, – you touched on Kucherov in Tampa Bay, and yeah. that, that'll lead us very easily into a conversation about injuries and how it affects the sports card market. Yeah. Because oftentimes a, a lot is made of picking up a player after he's been injured. Um, you always kind of have to try to find the bright side in some of these situations. The best example that's already happened this year in Major League Baseball was Fernando Tatis. So many people were ready to write the guy off. Yeah. Uh, before they even had, I mean, look, with Lou Bob, they, they said it right away that this was going to be a long-term thing. It was a hip. It was a tear in the hip that is terrible. With Tatis, there was all this speculation and people were ready to throw him out with the bathwater. Um, I saw a lot of really stupid, ridiculous posts on Instagram making fun of people who invested in him. Hold on a second. Do they have any control of this guy's health? And also wishing the worst towards the guy i think the real nastiness of some people really comes out in those situations they really let you know who they are uh, but regardless um he showed he'd come he came right back he's he's in the hunt for you know most home runs in, in the league kucherov you would think would have been a buying opportunity but yeah. hockey, hockey collectors showed themselves to be a little bit more intelligent um, yeah. Did you see any crazy deals on kucherov we saw that one acetate sale which ended up not going through yeah. Uh, buddy listed that at a, t at a bad time and in an auction listing. Um, regardless, you, you couldn't go out there and find buy it nows that would give you a great deal. No, I think people knew. First of all, Kucherov has been there before. He tends to get injured a lot. I think that's the bigger issue if you want to invest in Kucherov. Is do you want to invest in this guy long term? Yeah, but well, because like, like you got to think long term collectability and like where does this guy match up if his if his PSA ten is like $500, right? I mean, what does this, the end of his career look like? How many cups does he have? Does he have like two cups and played 400 games? Because if that's so, then like, right, you're Mike, not gonna Mike Bossy should should be higher than him. You know what I mean? Like there's a there's 900 guys that I can name that, that might have actually done more with their careers. And, and there's no doubt if he had played regularly and been part of that wave that we saw with Young Guns pricing, he'd be a thousand dollar Young Gun easily. Uh, he also came out of a very tough series, series two, 13, 14, which is hard to source. Um, you know, it's kind of like that 14, 15 Pasternak. But uh, again, there, hey, there's a player on his team that actually gave us a bit of a blueprint there, Steven Stamkos. His, his prices are probably back to, to where they once were. But what a ride that's been for anyone holding his big stuff, whether it be Cup or Future Watch. Um, again, as just a fantastic, phenomenal player that just gets injured a lot. Um, and then you have to ask yourself, you know, what's what's the big picture going to look like for their yeah. entire career? Anyways, Kucherov will be back. Kucherov will play well. Um, I'm picking the Panthers, which I can't even believe I'm doing. A lot I mean, of people I, I can. Tell me, 
you know, a lot of people tell me it's personal bias, but I watched a lot of their games this year, man. This is a, this, these guys are smashing machines. Um, they overwhelm with their offense. They, they, they go down three goals and overwhelm you in the second and third period. And it's going to be, it's going to be like that. In my opinion, it's going to be nasty. It's going to be really um, just, just one-sided offensive hockey and they're going to overwhelm the other team. And you might say to yourself, Vasilevsky is going to be in there to try to stop the blockade. But I, I just think the Panthers going to turn it into, into their game. And, uh, and it will be, it, it, that will be a huge series because the Lightning are obviously a powerful team that people expect to go a long way. I'm going with the Panthers. I'm happy to do it. I've been a fan of theirs for a while. Um, and like you said, man, the, the, there's a lot of interesting storylines going on with these yeah. series. The Mets were playing so well late in the season. They're, they're like the Panthers. They can overwhelm you offensively. Kyle Connor, uh, not a lot of people talking about how great he was in the second 26 half. goals, man. But at this point, McDavid's winning games single-handedly. If if he's riding that wave from the end of the season, you're hard-pressed. At the same time, we know that the playoffs are all about the intangibles, things like goaltending. I'm going to pick the Oilers, but I can't see them going much further. But yeah, I will I, so, and I'm just going to jump. Like, we can talk about that, too, because I think this is the true test of Pierre-Luc Dubois. I think... He was brought in to be a secondary guy. Right. I think so far, honestly, I, as someone who had him in my hockey pool, I benched him almost every game because he just was not contributing offensively whatsoever. Right. I understand that you're a good two-way guy, but this is the time where you need to, to – the guy who you're matching up against most likely is going to be Connor McDavid. Um, or – or you match up against Ryan Nugent Hopkins and you need to be better than Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Right. I think. Absolutely. Um, you know, and then uh, we've got Toronto and Montreal. Of course, I, I, I'm going to pick Toronto to win in, in four games. I want them to absolutely destroy these guys. Um, Canadians uh, showed some, some flashes of uh, a decent play throughout the season, but the, the, the Leafs just have to do what they're capable of doing. Um, what's going on in that, Brendan? Are, are, we're, I mean, I'm assuming we're going Official, with Official, bro. Jack Campbell starting game one as of this morning. And there's so many tales in the playoffs of goaltenders that come in late in the season or have this late charge. Patrick Waugh and Jordan Bennington started that way. Um, let's let's roll, let's 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 go for it. The guy has proven himself, and then let Austin and, and Mitch Marner and the rest of them do what they do. The Knights in the wild, again, hard to dismiss the wild with what they've achieved. Uh, but the Vegas Knights are built for playoff hockey. They had trouble with the wild throughout the season. You've got to think that that's what they're focusing on. They, they want to address those deficiencies. They need their top guys like Marcia So to show up. They're gritty guys like you mentioned a couple of episodes ago, uh, Riley Smith. They need those guys to show up. I like uh, Alex Tuck too, to be honest. I feel Alex like Tuck is absolutely an unsung guy in the league. Game breaker, and people right. don't talk enough about him. But this team frustrates you. Just like, just, you know, like anyone who knows hockey, just imagine playing these guys for a whole series. Like you're just stuck playing them game after game. They're frustrating you game after game. It builds up. It's, it's, they are a playoff team. And, and they're they big boys. Play. They hit. They and score. they can go deep, man. So, so I've got the Knights on that one. Uh, I'm just kind of going around the hey. horn. Uh, the Avalanche and the Blues, uh, again, I'm, bias is going to come into play here, and it hurt me all year. Congratulations, Brendan, on winning our hockey pool that I mocked you in. Uh, you. Markle Berry, please, if you're listening, uh, I, I'm ready to be, to be mocked for the mocking. Uh, you know, Markle Berry, we, we had a bet once and, and I won and he, he stuck to it. He had, he had to kiss my ass for an entire week. He had to kiss the ass of the Maple Leafs. He is, of course, a big Oilers fan. But, uh, you know, I, I, I got too excited too early. It was an unpredictable season, lots of injuries. Brendan played the slow game, the smart game, and he won. Now, that being said, I, I was really badly hurt by Jordan Bennington. I had big expectations for him and he started really well. Yeah. And then just fell apart. Um, there was some great stuff in the last couple weeks that showed me he's still got something in him. He's literally the big question mark for the Blues. They've, they've, they've got Tarasenko back. My understanding is they're at full health. Their young guys did. Their, their young guys did show up this year and develop the way they were supposed to, like John, like uh, Kiru. Um, I think they they're great defensively. I think they can frustrate teams. It's all on Bennington. 
If he doesn't show up, they're, they're not going to beat the Avalanche. And at the same time, something missing with the Avalanche. I don't know what it is. I understand they're, they're, uh, they're a superpower in the league. Uh, they just don't show up in the playoffs, I don't believe. There's something missing there, whether it's some element of, uh, of leadership or grittiness. I think we underestimate the impact that Alex Petrangelo can have on a blue line. And I think that might be one of the reasons why Jordan Bennington had the regressions that he did. Uh, and one of the reasons why I, hon- I honestly think that uh, Vegas can go to the cup final for sure. I think. Right. Well, that, and, and, and I mean, you can even tell by just what I'm saying here with my conflicting opinions on the avalanche and the blues, that it will pave the way if the, if the Knights can get in the second round. Uh, I'm going to go with the spoilers again there. Same with Florida. I'm going to go with the blues. They're going to eke it out in seven games. Uh, Pittsburgh, New York Islanders. Uh, I'm going to pick Pittsburgh because I just don't want to watch the New York Islanders play hockey. Don't know what else to tell you. I think, uh, you know, Malkin goes, but that's okay. Kasperi Kapanen, formerly of the Toronto Maple Leafs, is stepping up his game. Their goaltender is on absolute fire. And again, that's something to keep your eye on. If a goaltender was on fire, like, like Tristan Jari, like, by the way, UC Soros for the Nashville Predators, it's a huge element in this. Um, the Hurricanes, I'm assuming, are going with Mrazek. Is he back and is he healthy? They had so many goaltenders that played well, but Mrazek has shown himself to be really great. But regardless, I'm picking Pittsburgh. Uh, the Capitals and the Bruins. A uh, big part of me doesn't want to do this, but I'm going to do it. I think the Bruins are, uh, are going to uh, push out a victory there. I just like them. Uh, on, a, on the whole, they're a better team. I like them better than the Capitals. I don't like them in general. Don't get excited, Matt Lee. Just saying I like it better than the Capitals. And the Hurricanes Predator is going to be closer than most people are giving the Predators credit for because they had a hell of a second half. Yeah. But the Hurricanes are great, man. I love the Hurricanes. I love the surge. I wish are they still doing the surge? Do they still uh, I, do the I assume so. They should. They really should. Um, I love that stuff. Vegas is going to have a full stadium, mate. That's something we we didn't even touch on, man. Which which teams are going to have a real home ice advantage and which teams aren't, man? It's, that's right. I mean, Dallas would have had they made it into the playoffs. Yeah. That's for sure. Florida. Um, I mean, like the UFC so far has just gone to Florida, Jacksonville, and Houston. They had huge events. I don't know if you watched last night the UFC event in Houston. Saw the knockout. There's no no masks and no social distancing. It literally just looked like 2019 in there. Uh, will be interesting. Like I said, I tell a lot of people that are kind of uh, worried about that sort of thing. Like there, there are guinea pigs. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna see how that plays out. Um, you know, these do tend to be states that have high vaccination rates, and uh, and in my opinion, did things a lot better than we did here in Ontario. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting playoffs, Brendan. I think I think we have some differences there, right? We have uh, – you picked the uh, Capitals and you picked yeah. the Islanders. Um, so you heard it here. Perhaps we could have a side bet going. Perhaps I could redeem myself from the pool. Redemption would be good. During the season. We shall see. Um, getting back to the injury stuff, uh, if you don't mind. Um, we talked a little bit about how that hasn't played a huge role in hockey. People don't lose their mind and start throwing things away – we're making panicked movements. Speaking of panic movements, again, I'm always, I'm always, uh, I'm, I'm always shouting out Brian at Rocky Mountain. Maybe we'll have him on again, man. The guy has so much great stuff to say about baseball. I'm sure you saw that post about the the strange idiosyncrasies of the baseball market currently. You want to know something so stuff. funny? I was actually hawkeying Acuna Bowman first for the last two weeks. Sure. And I've been watching that happen. I didn't, I didn't chart it, but I've just been like checking. I have had, I think maybe seven or eight in my, um, my outgoing folder, like are yeah. the, um, the ended, like yeah. uh, the ended section. And right. I've just seen like somehow like come down and yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? And before yeah. I saw his thing, I actually made a video saying that the Bowman first was, was a, a, a quality buy. And then I was like, this, this fucking guy, this guy always one step ahead of me, this guy. Yeah, and he might ruin your plans. <laughs> I was like, man. But it's, but it's crazy. He noticed, he, he noticed what I, I was noticing to a degree, but I was almost, I swear to God, I was almost um, in denial. 
I was in sports cards denial because very rare that you're looking for a player that's performing well and you're not seeing movement on his cards. Have you tried? Look, look, I tried looking up Jordan the other day. I've got plenty, but I want more. Uh, I really believe in Air Jordan. And of course, the deals are not there. Dude, Aaron are rising steadily. Now, by the way, you can also argue he's not even high enough, but they're still high. Aaron Judge right now is in the same category as Akuna, where so, so there somehow you go. So is somehow is is top Chrome catching yesterday sold for a hundred and fifty seven dollars Canadian, now, and that thing before before it started or before the season started was like three hundred dollars. Now that that's a deal. It's almost like um, I'll tell you what it is. I mean, with 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 Judge especially. And Brian hits all the, the nails on the head with Acuna, so let's not talk too much about that. But with Judge, it may be that 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 constant trepidation about when is the next time this guy going to get injured. He has so, seven home runs in his last five games. Right. But again, what's what's that going to do for you if he gets injured for another 30 days? Now, here's the thing. You, you have to take your stance, right? Like, if you're going to put the money in, because look, you and I have just come to the conclusion it probably would be worthwhile to put some money into judge right now yeah obviously acuna as well but with acuna it's a bit of a safer bet i think it was just these small injuries but with judge look there is always the chance he may disappear again for several months we know that when he's there he performs man he looks healthy hope. right now you have to hope they're doing the right things to keep him healthy you you, you have to hope this um there's got to be something wrong with the yankees training staff man like <laughs> you know for sure, possibly, right? But um, at the end of the day, uh, there's a, they are opportunities um, because the you know, like I said, players like Jordan and other guys that are performing well that haven't had these injuries, you are seeing typically what happens um, uh, in the market, which is a player performs well and there's a bump. Um, I, I'm I would I'm wondering I say I'm wondering if there's because there's so much off season football love right now. Sure. Yeah, and, and you potentially have to, you have people look where the money's going. People are like they're getting into UFC because Top Scrum just dropped a few weeks ago. They they're also loading up on soccer for the Champions League final and the Euro. Like I'm wondering and, and, if and and F1. Given the amount of money going into F1, uh, soccer, uh, UFC, Prism, yeah, that's a good point as well. There's you know there there are a lot of collectors don't that don't have the the kind of kettle full of coins that they can spread out to that point. So baseball does end up being you know baseball often does end up being the odd odd man out, which is so funny again because it's you know baseball cards. Yeah, I know. Started, but yeah, they they do sometimes get the uh, the the shaft uh, when money is being spread around like that. But then again, it's a really long season. And alternatively so, speaking. Baseball prospects, the, the prices are through the roof right now. Like Jared Kalenic. Look what happens. Kalenich comes in and it's an instant bump. And But again, it's highly reactive. If he goes a week or two without playing well, that could be a buying opportunity. And just and again, with the injuries, Shohei Otani, a lot of people dismissed him. Look what's going on there, right? It's just a matter of, it's a matter of patience, making the right move. I certainly bought Otani on the dip, but at the same time, I sold too early. Uh, it's it's a it's a very complicated. You got to pay attention. I mean, I, I sold Vlad. Say, I sold Vlad too early. Sure, and uh, you know, he, but the funny thing is, he. I think he's still a buy. Him and Bichette are still obtainable. Yeah. Um. Uh, at at very. Uh, at, I got to tell you, the 2020 Top Series one, Bo Bichette is a sneaky one. It is not an easy PSA grade. I'm terrified. You know, Brendan, I sent in about a dozen. Yeah, I know. A lot of people, a lot of people give the advice, by the way, not to send too much of a single card. Um, I get that. Uh, I'm very picky. I, I, I end up with a dozen out of a stack of 20 to 30. But um, again, I'm going with my previous experience. When I've, when I sent in a stack of Acuna, it went really well. Um, but I'm really scared at this point that I'm going to get a lot of nines uh, and potentially some eights. There's something about the Bichette I still have not figured out. I'm assuming it might be centering. I know it's not like a corner or edge issue, yeah. but that's a sneaky one because it has a very low pop. Uh, you're more likely to get a 10 on the chrome. In fact, I don't know if you've noticed, but more and more people are telling you how difficult paper is to grade. And now we're, in the, we're firmly in the chrome is better than paper era. Might that change? Sense. If, if you literally have people on Instagram saying, 
literally making these little anecdotes like, oh, based on my recent orders and what I'm doing, like Chrome is a lot easier. Maybe you need to pay attention to that in terms yeah. of population, right? Especially as a long term a long-term hold situation. You know what I mean? Right. Well, Brendan, I don't want to give away any spoilers or anything, depending on when someone's well. I mean, people are probably going to be listening to this tomorrow. But uh, one of your picks just uh, had their way in overtime there. Kyle Palmieri, man, that guy is so quietly clutch. Like, it's like a 30 goal guy. I mean, at the end of the but day. But like, it just quietly, every year just does his thing, you know? On yeah. the lowly Devils. Before that, I think he was on Anaheim, if I'm not mistaken. No, I think he was always on the Devils. You might be thinking of, uh, is there another Palmieri? But he he came to the league with Maybe. the Devils. Maybe. I'm pretty sure. Always just been that quiet guy that buries clutch goals. The, the only and time I've, the only time I've ever been able to... deadline acquisition that's looking pretty good already. He single-handedly won game one, so... Yeah, the, the only time I've ever been able to move Palmieri, and you're right, it was Anaheim, actually. Yes! Uh, the, the only time I was able to move boom. him during his big years in New Jersey, which were between, uh, you know, uh, he wasn't quite a 30-goal guy, but he had a couple big seasons, 27 goals in 15-16. I was only able to move him to, to hardcore Devils fans. There wasn't a, a, anyone else. Like, but he, he's definitely one of those character players that's a great pickup. That's great. Um. But that's just our first game. It's a seven-game series. Ditto for Boston and Washington. Aton, we're gonna we're gonna school you once again, sir. Oh, it's gonna be the, <laughs> gonna be the we're gonna stretch it out, and make it sweeter. <laughs> You're gonna get we're gonna get you excited, like I got excited early in the pool, <laughs> and then you will have your reckoning. Yes, that's we'll see. First, first uh, two. Let's see here. How many? What's uh, Eight times four, 32. So the first of 32 wins. That's what that's what's happening here. Because you right. picked eight teams, I picked eight teams, and right. uh, each team needs to win four games. So That's right. First of 32. Let's do this. That is correct. But the playoffs are, the playoffs are a whole different kind of hockey. So we'll they see sure how are. It, we'll see how it plays out. Um, UFC last night. Uh, did, you, did you catch any of that? It wasn't. It wasn't. I saw the. I saw like the knockout. That's. that's yeah, it wasn't what I would call the most uh, casual friendly card, even though it was a numbered pay per view event. Um, people know Tony Ferguson, but I don't know how many people actually know Michael Chandler or Charles Oliveira or uh, some of these Portuguese, other Portuguese, isn't he? Charles Oliveira, I believe, is a Brazilian. Is he? Um, you know, it's an interesting thing. I can't off the top of my head. You would think there, I mean, there has to be Portuguese fighters out there. There's at least one. Unfortunately, I, I can't, uh, there's one guy. Oh, he's very flamboyant. Uh, and it sucks that I can't remember his name. He's uh, he's got a Muay Thai base and he does a lot of capoeira in the octagon. You know what I'm talking about? I believe he's Portuguese. Uh, but uh, do, Charles uh, du Bronx is Brazilian. He grew up in the slums. It's a hell of a story. He was 18 when he started fighting, uh, when he started mixed martial arts. He was 20 when he got into the UFC. I saw one of his earliest fights at one of the Toronto shows. We had about three, four shows come in from the UFC once it was legalized. And uh, I watched him get knocked the F out by Cub Swanson because when he first came in and took on, you know, the top competition in the UFC, he just wasn't ready. He was this skinny kid. Uh, fighting at featherweight at 145. Now, here we are 11 years later. He's developed into the lightweight 155 champion. He's known as a killer with submissions. And then he got it done last night with a knockout. Now, you might have seen the knockout, Brendan. Yeah. But there's a bigger story. In the first round, he was almost knocked out at the end of the round by the much more muscular and intimidating-looking American wrestler, uh, Michael Chandler. He barely survived. And at that point, what was happening was his every time they were on their feet, Oliveira would just try to shoot because he didn't want to stand on the feet with Chandler. So as they're sitting there in the intermission before the second round, you're like, what's this kid going to do? He's getting dominated on his feet. Uh, he did his best to choke Chandler out for half the round, and Chandler managed to escape, which was huge. It'd be like someone escaping Habib uh, in grappling. And so you're like, well, this is done. I literally texted my buddy because it's money on, on, uh, 
Oliveira. And I said, I'm, I'm really sorry, dude. I didn't see this coming. I feel like crap. And then the second round starts and he just dis- devastates Chandler with the most insane, precise display of striking and knocks him out. Unbelievable stuff. Um, that's the most exciting division in the UFC 155. That's where McGregor is. And he's having his third fight with Poirier. Justin Gaethje's still around. Uh, unbelievable stuff. Uh, the crowd was nuts. Uh, I think Dana White said they made some sort of record, as usual. The UFC never stopped during the yeah. lockdown. It really is remarkable. Yeah. Um, the cool thing is, Oliver is an example of a guy. So he, he has had a lot of dips in his career. It's not been like this, right? We know that in hockey and baseball, the best guys to invest in, and the guys that you get the most out of their career tends to be like this, unless yeah. there's some sort of injury. And that's why I've said in the past, UFC is a difficult thing to collect because it's not about a season. It's about a guy fights three or four times during the year and he wins and he loses. The, the top guy in the market, McGregor, that's producing, what was it? 10 or $20,000 for his gold out of 10 UFC. US, 15 okay. US. Yeah. He's one in three in combat sports since 2017. So it's interesting. I guess the public and collectors are being taught, uh, you know, they don't have to win all the time. Uh, Oliveira was down here. Seven, seven wins later, he becomes champ. So that's kind of cool that people are kind of getting conditioned in that way because I was always worried about that. I was worried I'd pick a really good fighter to try to invest in long-term and he'd take a loss and people would just toss him out. The volatility, yeah. But they can come back uh, and, and they can come back in exciting ways. So I'm still having trouble getting UFC Prism. Uh, I'm not going to shut him out yet, but I, there's a lovely fellow that we actually both know on Instagram who's hooking me up with a blaster. I mean, li- literally, I'm just trying to get a single blaster uh, here yeah, in Washington. It can't be cheap either, man. No, man, I, and, and I'm more than happy to pay the guy cost plus shipping. Plus, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to give this guy a favor back because uh, very difficult to get this stuff. Do we talk about the uh, Target, Target Walmart Let's do stuff? It. Let's do it. I mean, it's not even relevant to us anyways because we never had that stuff here anyway. Yeah, but it, it, it's relevant to listeners. And I mean, we can talk about what we think is going to happen as a result of this. So... I mean, after constant, it seems like, altercations at Targets, uh, every day I go on Instagram or TikTok and there's like, like, like violence and mayhem, like straight up violence. I think there was a gun pulled, if I'm not mistaken. Um, there was right, like, I don't know. I don't know if you remember. Like, here's the thing. When, when I worked with you, uh, I was a lot more mild mannered. Uh, when I went to a couple of the other clubs after the one we worked at. I kind of started getting fed up and uh, got myself into some interesting situations, both with members and staff. Um, I'm telling you, man, if I lived in the States and and that was going on and I was in a situation where a guy in front of me was just putting an entire stack of retail into his his, um, trolley or whatever the hell it is, I have become that type of person in my old age, Brendan, where I would not have stood by. And that's really bad. Because it puts me in a situation where I can get myself into trouble. Any confrontational situation with another human being is not great. So when I hear about these altercations, I believe it and I get it. Um, because I can put myself, like I can empathize. I put myself in that situation. Well, imagine I'm, having to line up in like uh, in early morning. Cause that's like the only time you get product. Apparently like these people lining up before it opens. Yes. And let's say there's like, one jackass in front of you that takes everything they can left on right. the shelf and leaves you with nothing. Yeah, it, you can imagine how frustrated you'd be. And then you build stories in your head about the fact that these people are not collectors. They have nothing to do. They literally have nothing to do with the card hobby other than flipping to make the money. So to them, it doesn't matter if it's a beanie baby, a blaster box, and by the way, on the flip side, I'm going to say this. Um, this is, these are not new things, okay? When I was younger, I've, I've, said, I've told this story before. When I was younger, the big thing was rare and limited edition action figures. And I had a hookup at KB Toys. I was that jerk 
that had the guy who would call him. I mean, we did have cell phones back then, Brendan. They they opened up. They were like a flip. Yeah. And you're not uh, talking about a little screen with black letters on them. Not the long ones. What about T9 texting? Can we talk about that? I had them all. I had them all. I even had a pager. And so they did a beep, beep. And I actually paint. did too, if, um, if, if that makes you feel any better. Sure. And, and then I'd head over and I would get the rare toys. They'd open the box and in the box, there'd be the one rare one in, in the dozen and I'd get it. I was the jerk that would have been called out. So, but again, am I a jerk because I'm enterprising and took that step to do that? I don't know. It was in a small town. How many people was I affected? How many people, you know, and then of course, don't forget, there'd always be the, uh, the, the best, the best tactic that people knew was go to an entirely different section, clear it out and check the back. And you'll see people hiding stuff that they couldn't afford. I guess they couldn't afford to buy them all. So they'd hide them. And then you'd find the stash you'd find someone else's stash. This has been going on for a long time. It's just so magnified right now, especially at a time when collectors do like, I, I don't want to flip it. I want to rip it. I'm sure. I, I can't believe I just said that. It's like a soundbite. I don't want to flip it. I want to rip it. I'm sure you wanted to rip Sounds it. Sounds like, like a Bop It commercial or something. Right? You know what I mean? Don't flip it. Rip it. Um, now you, I'm sure, like, especially when you were starting out, you would have loved to rip it because you would have been getting more, you know, more more into your collection, more stuff that you can, uh, you know, grade or I think or I've ripped. if you want to sell. I think I've ripped in the last year, five boxes. And of that, one of them has been ultra modern. One. Yeah, so and, and that's because that. of two things. Number one, price point, because there it, it, it's two times more expensive than it was last year, at least sometimes. Um, and then number two, we are we have been in lockdown seemingly for a year, and so we can't even go to Walmart if we wanted to. No, to- people need to know that the cardboard coaches have not had zero access to any retail. We have a, a local hobby store. Have you done much business with them or with 401? With, uh, Nico? With 401. 401 no. So I like bought, I would have bought maybe, uh, I bought some magic like a while ago. actually. But it's funny if I'd gotten you into the, the hobby in 2018, man, you would have literally been able to take a walk over there. It would have always been available. Any product you want would have been available, right? Let's say you wanted the hottest product. Okay. They still would have had it. It would have been a little bit more expensive, but you would have had access to everything at a great price point. Top series one baseball, top series two baseball always came out at about 50, 60 bucks. Update would come out at 70 bucks. Series one hockey would come out at 70 bucks. Series two would come out at 70, 80 bucks. SP Authentic would come out at 125 bucks. I'm talking Canadian dollars. You would have loved it. It's not the case anymore. Have you seen the pre-orders on SP Authentic and the extended addition no. how much you're looking at about 150 per hobby box on the extended you're looking at about 330 per hobby box on the sp authentic and guess what i'm probably going in because you're not going to be able to get it at those prices anymore and quite frankly i want to hold a bunch of those but i also want to rip a couple um it is a really good hockey rookie class as a whole like sp authentic is going to have all that good stuff from series one and series two left friendier cap resolve stutzel Norris, all these guys are going to be there in that set. And you know who else? The, the young sensation on the Montreal Canadiens. You, you don't even want to say it. We don't even want to speak his name. Oh, man. He, I, I, heard he was the extra, I heard he was the extra forward in practice day. And I'm like, good. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, I mean, it's, it's a great rookie class to hold, in my opinion. Yeah. That's so, and that's almost like I feel the only way that I can sleep at night buying product is pre-saling, because. Yeah. Well, you're not going to get it otherwise. Still cheap, like it's not. It's not. Sorry, it's still more expensive, but at the very least, it's significantly cheaper than it would be buying it when it when it comes out. Right. Um, I look at. Uh, for instance, Topps Chrome Champions League 2009-2020. The box retailed initially when it came out for, I think it was like 500, 600 bucks US. And now they're all 1300. And it's right. just like, 
it's really discouraging. And I, and before we jumped on this podcast, Cartel and I were talking about, I mean, we love sports cards and we always will love sports cards, but I'm sure much like some of you right now, we're feeling a little burnt out. We're feeling, um, you know, I'm still looking for plays. I'm still, I'm just, I'm not acting on them as much. Um, I still, I, I need to know the market and I, I need to see how things fluctuate and, I love seeing new things come in and, you know, old, how old things are doing. But uh, we are look are waiting for eight PSA subs right now. Eight. And of that, I think we ended up, I think we added a 450 cards. Um, now that's 450 of our best cards. These are cards that we haven't seen in some cases for seven months, eight months. And I think we just really want to get them back. You know, I think, man, they're progressing so slowly, man. And our uh, express order has not moved. The express order, the, the value, the value sub, even the value sub that we sent in, in October, the begin first week of October. Um, it's like maybe three months away, I think. Cause it was, it wasn't entered or wasn't received until January. And I think the completed through dates are, as of the entered dates. So it's, um, I think we really, and, and we're hearing a lot, at least I am, about upcharges as well. So definitely waiting to make some of my place a reality. And it's funny because the idea is, you know, obviously getting these cards back will reinvigorate us. And, oh, 100%. Uh, you know, depending on the results, it may uh, deinvigorate us. I don't know. But uh, I think we should also mention the fact that the Coach Co over here uh, entered something incorrectly. So he, we got that embarrassing email where, dear, dear sir, you have entered something incorrectly. It's, well, it wasn't that bad. It was just the fact that you. It was the fact that it was a quantity issue. You had multiples. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but now, for sure, they are going to dock us probably one grade uh, each. Oh, uh, for the mistake. Get out of uh, here. They're so busy, and they're like, this guy can't even get the right quantity. One, it's you got to add one extra thing there. All they listen. The only step that they it was in the preliminary counting. It can't be that bad. They weren't you know, interesting. They, they, point, they pointed that out when they entered it, which is really interesting because, you know, it goes arrived order prep research and ID. And then you have to, uh, and then in grading, they ask you to again, look over it. Yeah. But in one of our original orders, I actually put in some Jared Walsh update rookie cards and I entered it as the mini and we've not heard anything that that was entered a long time ago. And they've said, I, I mean, the quantity was right, but I entered them as mini rookies i don't know that was really weird but yeah but uh, they they, they haven't got into the grading process yet though right so you can change no, that. no but they, they haven't gone into the grading process in the yeah. one that you uh mentioned now now that right that yeah, but that was that was just a quantity issue i guess i i guess early on they just count to make sure everything's there you know what i mean that wasn't that wasn't in our express order right no it was the latest no. it was literally like the top sub we had right right you got some Maradonas in that express order. You got a Ronaldo. I'm hoping that I don't get obliterated in upcharge. What is your what is your prediction on your 04 Panini Ronaldo sticker? Because they always look good to me when people post them. And but for some reason it's so difficult to get a good grade. Honestly, what what do I think it is? Yeah. I think it's a nine minimum. Is it the centering that's the and problem? I say that confidently. And yeah. it, if, if I don't get a nine, I will be very surprised. Is it just the centering that's a problem? It's, uh, so it's also a black border, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, so, which means that there's a lot of whiting usually. Um, right. So not like, not only is the border very apparent, like, mm -hmm. and they're very, very often they're off center. Like it'll be, you know, like 80, 20 or something of those, like along those lines. Like I have, I sent it, I sent in a few in our express that I thought were like 80, 20 centering, but I know that the player is great and the pop counts are low. So I said, screw it. But um, there are, it's hard to find good centering, but because it's a black border, the, there's a lot of uh, stickers that have like just mild whitening on the edges. All right. And uh, 
I mean, not to mention it's a sticker. So the corners, you know, sometimes they get dinged up and it's, it's a little harder to take care of a sticker than a card, in my opinion, just because it's not as thick. Yeah, they're, 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 they're not thick at all, for sure. But uh, I am hoping that that will become the second pop PSA 10 of that. My fingers are crossed. My toes are crossed. I, I, I constantly go back to Instagram to remember what it looks like. And every time I look at it, I'm like, I know you're a PSA 10. I know you're a PSA 10. It's like those people who talk to flowers, except my flower is not with me right now. You and know? Here I am. Here I am just hoping my Jagger pops a PSA 10. <laughs> Does, uh, those Maradonas are going to be weird because there are zero comps. Like there are nothing, no comps whatsoever yeah. for those cool, weird looking cards. That's very cool. Yeah. So, and, and again, with stuff like that, it's, I mean, it's so old and fragile and I couldn't even begin to, you know, I, I got to look at them. Hard to imagine them grading a gem mint, but a lot of these, sometimes these stickers and these hand cut cards, the cards that, that are pull apart cards, they pop tens and you don't get it. And you have to imagine that the specific grader looking at it knows about that issue because I can't look at your Maradonas and tell you, Brendan, I think these are top of the pop. I know but one one for sure is in a 10. Uh just because the backing, like when I was so I ripped that thing from a pack like pack fresh from a 1984 uh like soccer pack. Right. Uh, this year. And they were so they were in there for so long that the back sticker actually got stuck to the yes. packet yeah and so yeah. when i opened the packet the the white the the solid back it didn't come off but like the backing had stuck to the back of the sticker and it it began to kind of peel off on it and so it's not yeah, perfect that's, uh, that's an interesting thing people are finding with old sealed wax and i'm talking by the way even even in like even not that old uh, i was in a break yesterday that had some uh 2010s type of upper deck product for hockey stuff is sticking together the gloss Doc, really i saw on, that it really depends on how it's being uh stored and stuff like that and that is a concern that's a concern uh once you start getting back in the 60s and 70s i don't know if you know uh jabs family on on youtube he's always breaking old stuff and there have been some disasters he's opened up some 70s baseball that has mold and all sorts of what? issues yeah, man. If if someone is improperly storing boxes, it may look good on the surface, but once you get your hands on, start opening the packs, there's problems. I know right off the top of my head, 2014-15 Upper Deck uh, has a lot of issues with cards getting stuck together, and a lot of 90s basketball. Um, so that's an interesting thing that I think. Oh, is in the microwave, man. I saw that. That was uh, <laughs> yeah. I saw that. Uh, yeah, it's gonna get more discussion down the line. Uh, and just little, little idiosyncrasies like uh, chasing that Bo Jackson card in the uh, score. Apparently, it's always in the back where they have that little uh, hologram type thing and it gets pushed in. Yeah, these are things that we need to know. 9091 Upper Deck, complete sets of the high series where there's Pavel Bure. They're squished into those little cardboard boxes. Yeah. So you're probably be better off with uh, sealed wax. But after opening some early 90s Upper Deck wax recently, I found out that's kind of disastrous too. Not even safe. I mean, we both did. And it, although it was a really fun rip because like. So fun, but you're not getting them in the shape that, that they were in. What's gradable. You know what I mean? Like, I think I sent out three cards from, from ripping 150 that like, yeah. and I have names that I pulled. Like I pulled the auger rookies, like you pulled a bunch of Solanis, you know what I mean? But you yeah. just can't even send them all. Yeah, they come out a little beat up. It really depends on what those boxes have been through. It's been decades for some of these boxes. And now with grading fees at 300 bucks, like who's taking that shot, you know? It will be an interesting, we are at a crossroads in the hobby. Uh, that's probably a good way to wrap up our hobby talk right now. It is going to be an interesting time. We're, we're coming out of the lockdown market. We are coming into uh, kind of a new frontier when it comes to grading prices and the process itself, uh, obtaining retail. 
Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how things pan out. Sure is. Yeah, I know. Let's talk about fitness. This is a fitness podcast as well. Team, as the weather is starting to get nicer, unless you're on the other side of the world where it's actually going the opposite direction, um, we have ourselves summer around the corner. And with summer, hopefully, comes more desire to be active outdoors. And, you know, although we don't know what the landscape is going to look like in Ontario with respect to exercising indoors, um, whether it is available or not, I know a lot of people who genuinely enjoy working out outside. And uh, seeing as I run an online bootcamp, and this is not by any chance a plug, today we're going to talk a little bit about outdoor exercise. And I think we want to go specifically bootcamp because I feel like bootcamps are probably what's going to be in the summer, uh, especially as people can start talking to each other and all that jib jab. So let's talk about who should participate in boot camps, maybe who should consult a healthcare practitioner, you know, who should address other things prior to like, let's just, let's just go. Well, first and foremost, I would advise anyone that has been inactive during the lockdown. And that is a lot of people, no judgments here. Um, this has been the most inactive period of my life. And I am someone who's always been dedicated to exercise and fitness. Uh, it started for me as a result of necessity because of my overall health and being diagnosed with an illness. This is the most inactive I've been. So there's no judgment here. We've been inactive. And I would say that, you know, if, if you are an athlete or if you are someone that, you know, still kept up some, some degree of activity and that your body's used to it over the years, you're smart enough to know you should kind of just build up a little bit and get back to where you were. If you were inactive to begin with, and even more so inactive during the lockdown, I would be very careful about, uh, you know, getting yourself into high end, high intensity situations. It's just a matter of finding the right boot camp. Look, there's going to be a ton of boot camps out there. Um, I was running outdoor boot camps before the, before we were suddenly told that that's bad for you. Uh, you know, and, and, and you know me, Brendan, that's not my favorite style and methodology of training, but nonetheless, yeah. it, it, look, at the end of the day, you have to give people what's accessible and what's still helpful uh, if, if they have access to it. And that's why I came around on it. That's, that's really why I not only came around on it, but I got really into it. I actually love it. And I can't wait to get back to uh, training classes outdoors. Um, but yeah, make sure you find the right one. Uh, that's the thing with boot camps. Again, this is not tailored and personalized. When it's multiple people in a camp, it's not tailored and personalized towards you the same way a one-on-one -on -one program would be. Um, so make sure it's the right boot camp. Make sure it's the right level of intensity. Uh, talk to the trainer. Talk to the trainer about a bunch of stuff, by the way. Just make sure yeah. you get a good feel for this person who's in charge of your body just in general. Um, you know, Maybe ask for some certifications and some background and uh, make sure that they understand that because I, I do feel there's a lot of trainers out there that just kind of do their own thing and assume that everyone can can perform the way they do or what they're used to seeing um, that's a big consideration when things open up is to be careful about what you're jumping into um, what's the worst that can happen you say injury um, and getting so discouraged by how you feel and the overwhelming intensity that you can't get consistent because that's the key. Yeah. So don't be worried if it's like, like too little exertion. You're like, hmm, maybe I should be exerting myself more. If you've been inactive, don't worry about that. Yeah, It will build that up. You want that rather than coming home and being like, that was horrible. I can't breathe. My lungs are burning. I'm going to just sit here and relax. That's what's going to end up happening. F find the route that leads to consistency is the main thing that I would put out there. What, what I, think that's, I think that's an amazing point. Um, I think that's definitely the direction I was going to go in as well. Um, as someone who runs boot camps almost every day, uh, twice, I got probably two a day right now. Um, and I've got people from all different 
exercise levels and age ranges and sexes and I mean you know it or you name it and I, I tend to not tell anyone that they can't do uh, one of my boot camps specifically um, are they challenging for sure uh, what I do tell people, however, is that you need to know what your comfort zone is and you need to work just slightly outside of that. Okay. So whatever you're comfortable doing, do that. So what I'm saying is if you're comfortable squatting body weight, doing body weight squats, doing 15 reps, maybe, you know, I typically run my boot camps, uh, you know, uh, they're timed. So let's say you can get 20 squats out in one minute's time. If that's your, if that's your comfort range, body weight, and someone tells you, okay, you're going to grab a 20 pounder, especially someone who's never seen you move before, never seen your body move, doesn't know your past injuries. Maybe you've got a bad hip, you know, maybe you've got some knee problems. Maybe you just don't have the prettiest squat in general. Okay. And do I think all people should squat? I do. I sure do. It's a, it's a, it's a primal movement. I think that, you know, you got to sit down and stand up. So there's no reason why you can't do a body weight squat. And if I'm giving you a minute to do that body weight squat, you know, it's as long as you, you control the tempo, you control the tempo, right? So, um, I think that going into any form of exercise, you need to understand what's happening. You need to understand that tempo I think tempo and proper form always trumps number of reps. Okay. So I know that, you know, you might see the person next to you sweating a lot more and that's great. But what if you stop seeing that person next to you in two weeks, because that person now has a knee injury who, right. who ends up working out harder over like a period of time. Right. We talked early in the show about um, players getting injured. And their impact on sports, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Is Nikita Kucherov a great player? Of course he is. But is, is his career going to match up to someone who has much more longevity? You know, could he ever be Alex Ovechkin? No. And the reason is because he just doesn't play as many games as Alex Ovechkin does, right? So think about it as, as a long-term thing. Um, it took X number of years to get to this point. Maybe it took X number of months. Maybe you're, the, you're one of those people that had a hard lockdown and I, I don't, I can never understand what you went through. Um, but what I do know is, you know, today can be day one. And as long as you stop comparing yourself to other people and past versions of you and, you know, to circumstances that you had control over versus now you really don't have the same control. I mean, you do have control, don't get me wrong, but maybe not the same control. Um, I do think that uh, all these things need to be put into perspective when selecting what kind of exercise you're going to do. And it's not just boot camps, it's bike rides. You know, if your friend tells you that they want to go on a bike ride to Center Island and you live at St. Clair in caledonia like think about how far that is and back and is that something that you think you can do after not working out or not not going on a bike ride in five years you know what i mean really good advice yeah um stay hydrated people wear a hat and not for fashion but because the sun can be damaging and the last thing you want to do is be sweating outside and not have proper protection in your head and all of a sudden you're passing out on someone you know so all these things sunscreen and you know maybe it's not cool to wear sunscreen but let me tell you what's even less cool skin cancer um all these things there's, there's people on instagram been posting pictures of themselves falling asleep outside and they wake up with bubbled skin it's terrible it's yeah i mean it, you, you know what i mean so just yeah. uh it sounds like i'm giving you really 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 basic advice but sometimes the most the greatest advice is is the advice that's the most obvious you know? no, but that's really great. That's all really good stuff. And I love what you're talking about when it comes to just focusing on yourself and not other people's progress, just focus on your own progress. And uh, the only thing I would add is, uh, and, and you and I both know this, when it, particularly when it comes to quote unquote summer boot camps, uh, I always remember outside of the, the last gym I worked at, there was always a summer booty booty boot camp uh, that they would have in the park next to us. And it was always the same group. 
of uh, people that would show up uh, every summer for this, you know, six to eight week camp. And it would kind of work like this, that same group of people that lost weight during the summer, come back to that camp the next summer, and they've gained more weight. Have a plan in place so that you're not just looking at the next six to eight weeks when it comes to boot camps. It's not an option to just do that and then head home and sit on your butt. That's actually really bad for the body. Have a plan so that it keeps going. Have a plan so that you get on Zoom with someone like Coach Co or myself, whether it's a boot camp or one-on-one, have a plan so that there is a continuation. So it's not just that six to eight weeks. You, you're going to fall into that up and down uh, type of situation. And I'll tell you what's way better than up and down is steady and, uh, and maintaining, right? We can't, even, we can't even say steady Freddy anymore because he definitely wasn't steady. <laughs> it's very sad. Well, we could say uh, uh, what what rhymes with the Jack or Jackie. That doesn't anyway. Fitness people right now don't know what we're talking. About. No but idea. But that's the beauty of cardboard coaches. That's right. You can we find ramble, something that you love on cardboard coaches. We got cards on one side, fitness on the other. We're combining the two for you and turn it into a nice little love pie, if you will. So we can stay healthy and maintain good posture while we collect. Right. That's what we're going after. Damn right. I hope you guys had as much fun as I did and as we did today. Have yourselves a wonderful rest of your day, whatever day it is. And uh, Coach Co out. Peace.